This is the Responsible Sports Podcast, presented by Liberty Mutual Insurance. In this episode, we welcome Cody Bickley. Responsible Sports is a program dedicated to supporting youth sport coaches and parents who help our children succeed both on and off the field. Each episode, our host Jim Thompson, CEO of Positive Coaching Alliance, will be joined by professional coaches, Olympians, world-class athletes, general managers, and leading youth sports experts who share their insights from their own sports careers. In this episode, Tina Sire, Chief Impact Officer of Positive Coaching Alliance, steps in for Jim and talks with Manager of Coaches Education for USA Wrestling, Cody Bickley. Cody shares how it was to grow up with a father who was a wrestling coach and the relationship they shared. He also talks about how to get started in wrestling, along with what to look for in a good coach. Lastly, he discusses the coaches' education program at USA Wrestling and some of their core principles. He also shares his advice to wrestling coaches, new and veterans. That's what I always tell coaches. You know, you're going to have your strengths and you're going to have your weaknesses, but if you want to run a successful club or a successful program, understand what your weaknesses are and try to improve on them. And if, if anything at all, surround yourself by people that can help you in those areas. Cody, I want to start off by introducing you to our responsible sports audience. Cody Bickley is the manager of Coaches Education for USA Wrestling. Before taking on this role with USA Wrestling in 2009, Cody spent 17 years at Fort Hayes State University in Kansas as a student athlete, coach, and administrator. While wrestling for Fort Hayes, he was a three-time team captain, a Division II national qualifier, and an RMAC conference champion. After graduation, he rose through the ranks, coaching at Fort Hayes, eventually becoming the wrestling team's head coach in 2000. During his eight seasons as head coach, he became the school's all-time wins leader, coaching 13 Division II All-Americans, two of whom were NCAA runners-up. In 2008, Cody was named Associate Athletic Director for Internal Operations, where he focused on budget matters, promotions, and fundraising. Cody currently lives in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Cody, thanks so much for joining the Responsible Sports audience and me today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on. Cody, I know growing up that you experienced a lot of success as a wrestler, um, being a four-time state place winner for Otis High School and an eventual Colorado State champion. I'm curious if you were really talented at wrestling from the very start or if it sort of took a while for it to come to you. Um, it you know, I think it's, it varies, obviously, for, for many of the athletes out there. But for me, I, I grew up a coach's son, uh, so the environment that I was in is a, was a little bit different. Um, but uh, definitely had to work at it. Uh, I enjoyed it from the start. And like I said, it was just an environment that I grew up around with my father being a high school um, head coach and a club coach for several years. Um, it's just kind of one of those deals that I, I uh, grew up in. I really enjoyed it. And... Um, was nurtured through the sport from from uh, the time that I got started at a young age, and and the biggest thing about that is I grew up in an environment that it was, um, you know, it wasn't the the sport. Even though my father was a coach, uh, it wasn't forced upon me. Uh, my parents made it a lot of fun for me. I enjoyed it, and uh, if anything, I probably had to push them a little bit to get me more involved when I was younger. Tell us more about what it was like um, with a you know with a dad as a coach and and at what point you started wrestling for him and what that experience was like. 
Well, it uh, obviously for me it was it was right out of the uh, right out of the gate, so to speak. Um, my father and mother started a local club in the area where I grew up, small town in Colorado, only 500 people. Um, so I actually traveled to a town about oh 14, 15 miles away when I first got started in the sport because my parents hadn't quite yet got the club up and running for the local kids in our community. Mm. Um, so I did initially um, go to a different club other than, than what my father was running. But then uh, shortly after a year, he was involved with that club, but then shortly after a year, um, they got their own started in our own club, started in our community, and that's kind of how, uh, you know, it came about um, with that. But, uh, you know, definitely an enjoyable experience and, once again, a, a positive experience and uh, enjoyed every minute of it. Was it obvious that wrestling was always going to be your main sport, or did you end up playing a bunch of different sports when you were growing up? You know, I... I go with the model uh, still to this day and and my parents um, advocated the model to get involved and try as many things as you can at a young age and and uh, you know go from there Um, they weren't big uh, on sports specialization at a young age Mm -hmm. Uh, they wanted it to be fun for me tried new things experienced other sports and um, you know like I said a little bit earlier on that that's what kind of led to me even saying hey I really enjoy wrestling uh, as I got older, this is a path that I kind of want to focus on a little bit more and, and invest a little bit more time in as I got older and progressed through the, the ranks of wrestling. And uh, so that was that was my experience um, with regards to, to moving up. And at what, what age did you finally end up specializing? Uh, it, it was late. You know, even in high school, um, I still continued. Wrestling is a sport that uh, after the high school wrestling season is over in the winter, uh, you you kind of get into the Olympic styles of, of wrestling, the freestyle and the Greco-Roman. And, um, you know, even during those seasons, I was, you know, participating in some baseball, some track. And um, probably it wasn't until actually my uh, start of my senior year that I really focused on, on wrestling, you know, pretty much uh, on a regular basis. But I was still, still participating in, in other sports. So, um, actuality, if you, it actually probably wasn't until my first year of college that it was kind of a, a full-time deal year-round. Mm-hmm. So were you wrestling for your dad in high school? I was, yes. My father was a head high school coach for 15 years. Wow. So, so what was, um, I guess, do you have tips, having been on sort of the, the athlete end of that, but any tips for parents who are, are coaching their own kids about how to do that well? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, obviously, I deal with that in my current job on a daily basis, and in what I communicate to, with parents. And you know, we grow up in an environment in today's society where everything is very competitive. Um, you know, the job market. You know, and that gets. I think that just kind of is getting funneled down uh, to the younger age level, and and uh, you know, parents seem to uh, you know want to try to sometimes focus on that sport specialization at a young age and. I think there's times and places for that, but as a whole, um, we definitely want to make it fun for the for the athletes, for the kids. We want it to be enjoyable for for the parents as well. Get involved, but um, really, the the biggest thing that I can that I can push, that I can advocate, is to you know let it be an enjoyable experience. Let them let their passion grow for it. We don't want to we don't want to force it upon them. Uh, instill the values that that wrestling has, which is you know hard work, dedication, commitment. That's all great. You know, not giving up once you start something. 
but at the same time, it, it's more than the, than the wins and losses, and, and just instill that. You know, let the, generally what they'll do is if they really, you know, kind of like it was for me, if they really enjoy it, that passion will grow inside them, and, and it just has to be nurtured by the, the parents and coaches, mm-hmm. but not to where it's overbearing. Mm-hmm. I was lucky once at a conference I got to hear Peyton Manning talking about what it was like to grow up with Archie Manning as his dad, and he said Archie would never work with him on football at home unless Peyton asked for the help. <laughs> My, my mother had a, a rule from the time that I was very young that, you know, obviously with my father being a coach and, and uh, when we walked in the, the door at home, so to speak, and we're at the dinner table, it was, it was family time. And um, not that we didn't, you know, talk about wrestling from time to time at home, but really tried to, um, my family really tried to put a focus on, um, you know, the family aspect and not just the wrestling you know, because that is a different environment when you grow up a coach's son. Yep. Uh, uh, coaches, you know, whether you're a son or daughter, um, it, it is it can be a little bit challenging at times. But like I said, it was a, a positive experience for me. But there were boundaries set early on as to how we were going to go about this as a family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So on the other end of the spectrum, you know, your your parents obviously knew your sport inside and out. Um, I would imagine with a sport like wrestling, sometimes kids who are wrestling have parents who really don't know that much about the sport at all. Um, you know, unlike sort of baseball and football where everyone feels like they're an expert. And I'm, I'm curious what advice you could give responsible sports parents um, if they find their child gravitating to a sport like wrestling where they don't know much about it and they want to be able to support their child, but they just don't feel like they know the sport. The biggest thing is to trust your coaches. Find a good club. You know, mm-hmm. find a good program. Um, do your homework as parents as to um, the people that are in your area that can help your son or daughter in the sport. Mm-hmm. And then once you've made that decision, trust them. Mm. Trust them to be their coach. Uh, you're the parent. Uh, but that's the, the biggest uh, hurdle, I think, is parents, uh, even though they may not understand the sport, sometimes they want to, after a short period of time, they truly want to get involved maybe in the technical or the training aspect. Mm. And that's, you know, that's really the coach's role. And um, what I would say is simply do your homework on the front end, find a club, find a coach that can help your son or daughter, and then trust that. Mm-hmm. How, what would you, how do you do that exactly? Like, do you actually go and ask if you can observe a practice or, or how do you figure out what the coaches and the people are like in the different clubs and programs? You know, sure. What are the requirements of the, of the club, uh, meaning coaches that are involved? Is there, mm-hmm. are there background checks, you know, mm-hmm. things like that? Are mm-hmm. there, um, what is the training schedule? What is the commitment from not only my son or daughter, but is there a commitment on my behalf as a mm-hmm. parent? So you really have to, uh, you know, not just, you know, I would definitely, that you brought up a good point to um, maybe observe some practices, ask if it's okay, mm-hmm. um, you know, see their schedule, how does that fit in with your family's schedule. So, um, you know, but r- once again, I think that all comes, if we're going to instill in our kids to stick with something once they start, we as parents have to, on the front end, do our homework and decide what would be a good a good program for our son or daughter, and then, you know, look at the schedule and then commit to that, commit to that schedule. And I think that that's the part that can start at a young age, mm. uh, knowing that the kids, if, hey, is, is this look good? I mean, here's how many, you know, and then communicate as a family. Is this a good practice schedule? And, and even though they're young um, at times, they're going to have ideas on, okay, you know, if it's, 
that's quite a bit. Or you may obviously, as parents, we're going to guide them a little bit. But um, communication is the biggest biggest key, and, and doing your homework on the front end can can stave off a lot of issues on the back end. That's great. That's great. One of the things we talk about inside responsible sports is this concept of honoring the game. And we have this acronym where we talk about teaching kids to respect the roots of the game, where we talk about the rules, opponents, officials, teammates, and self. And I'm curious if you have some specific tips for wrestling coaches um, to teach their athletes to honor the game. So, so what they could do to specifically, you know, um, model or teach how to respect the rules, opponents, officials, teammates, or self. Right. You know, that really does come back around to how we as, as parents and coaches um, carry ourselves in our day-to-day life. Mm. Uh, obviously, they're very impressionable at a young age, and it's important for us to realize that and you know, if we're doubting coaches, if we're doubting training or doubting, you know, programming within that club, the kids will pick up on that. And then that can can cause issues. And, and that's, uh, you know, definitely uh, not a good thing. It, it can be troublesome at times and, uh, you know, hamper the growth of the athlete. But uh, the biggest thing that I, you know, that I come back around to is, is just trusting the coaches, understanding that those kids are very impressionable and how we carry ourselves and, and the, you know, the, the uh, words that come out of our mouths, the actions, that the body language, those yeah. kids are, very, once again, very impressionable and they're going to pick up on those things. And it's important for us as parents and coaches to really emulate what we want our kids to be emulating. So do you have um, specific ideas for athletes and coaches around how to honor the officials? And I know it, it varies sort of at wrestling with like at international rules versus high school or, or club, but um, how, do you, how do you really honor the officials within the sport of wrestling? You know, that, that comes back around to approaching the officials no different than you would approach your, your parents, your mother, your father, your mm. coach with respect. Mm-hmm. And um, I think if that's, once again, if, if the kids are brought up in that environment, both within the, the home setting and the, in their uh, club setting, high school setting, whatever programming they're involved in on the competition, that, you know, will translate over to the, the officiating. Now, obviously, there's there's that component where, Sometimes we, as as parents, as coaches, as athletes, feel that we ha- we received a bad call during a competition. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact of the matter is, is is um, that that's something that we and we always we work with that even at the elite level is to understand that that's going to happen at times that we may not agree with a call, but you have to stay within the the mindset to. Um, I'm still in comp- I'm still competing. I'm still involved in this match, and if I'm focusing energy on negative energy on this official, mm. um, I'm, I'm upset with my coach because maybe he's not backing me in this situation. It's instilling in those kids that the coach will will address issues with it with regards to scoring or rules mm-hmm. interpretation, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it is the athlete's responsibility to stay focused in the competition in that match itself. And really, I know it's hard, but not worry about what's going on with the officiating. It's wasted energy during a competition, especially in the sport of wrestling where it's so, you know, it's very physical. It's very taxing on a body. Mm -hmm. And if you're focusing mental and physical energy, negative energy, towards what you have perceived as a bad call, that's Mm going to affect you in the competition environment. That's great. That's great. 
So, um, you know, shifting to your current role um, with USA Wrestling as the manager of coaches education, um, it's all—it's just really awesome to look at the arc of your career too. Like knowing your parents established their own club, and just to have you rise through the ranks and and have this important role with USA Wrestling, they must be so proud of you. Um, I'm I'm curious what your biggest challenges are in the role. Um, and now you you know you've been in it for a few years. Um, what do you feel like are the toughest parts of your job? I think it goes back to some of the things we were just talking about um, with regards to um, it, we live in a very competition heavy driven environment in all things that we do. We're mm-hmm. we're what I call a fast food society. We hmm. want everything. We want results right now, not mm-hmm. yesterday. We want them now. And I think that's the hardest part is understanding that kids are going to progress at a different level. Mm-hmm. Kids are going to find success, you know, at different different times, different increments in their in their um, you know career. Yeah. Some may find it a little bit earlier as to what you alluded to. Um, and some, it may take a little bit of growth. It may take a little bit of struggle. Um, so once again, when there is that struggle, it comes back around to the parents and coaching coaches, um, nurturing that athlete and understanding that, you know, we'll, we'll keep progressing towards this. You're doing a good job. You're doing the right things. And, and hopefully they, they find the results and, and some may not. Um, but it's, it's that process. For me, it's that process. It's not about obviously the wins and losses, but it's that process from, from the time that we show up for that first practice to going through the competitions for a few years or however long you're involved in your particular sport. It's the process along the way that is truly valuable. That's great. That really reminds me of something we talk about in responsible sports where we talk about having a mastery approach um, where, you know, sort of not the scoreboard's always going to be there. Right. And that's important because, you know, we're, we're in sports to, to try to win and teach kids how to perform in a competitive environment. Um, but as a coach, we really want to get our kids to focus on, um, what we call ELM, um, effort, learning and mistakes being okay. Um, where if you're trying a new skill you haven't done before, um, you're bound to make mistakes. Uh, so we actually want to push kids, you know, at practice to a point where they're actually making mistakes because they're trying new things. But this, this idea of a mastery approach, effort, learning, and mistakes, does that mirror what you teach inside of the USA Wrestling National Coaches Education Program? Correct. I, I, and I think sometimes what we do when I, when I said earlier that we were a competition-heavy society, yeah. even at a young age now, that we tend to, as coaches, as parents, not put as much of a focus on the skill development as we do um, throwing the kids literally into competition probably before they're even ready. They, they haven't developed those skills. So if we put them out there at a young age and they haven't developed the skills to be successful, we're probably, as coaches and, and parents, aware of what's going to happen when we go into that competition. They're probably going to fail. Yeah. Um, and that's going to lead to some negative, obviously, um, a negative mindset in the athlete. And then it may be harder for it. We want kids to be – We've obviously, I see that there's a value to the sport of wrestling. And the longer that they're involved in the sport of wrestling, the, their values, their, their dedication, their work ethic – will grow just from yep. being a part of the sport of wrestling. Yep. So if we throw them in that environment early on in competition and they're not ready for it, that's going to be even more of a struggle. Yep. So where the athletes, or I'm sorry, where the athletes to a degree, but where the parents and the coaches really come into play is understanding that, okay, this this young young man, this young woman, yeah, I said young, young boy or girl, I should say, 
is has demonstrated you know these skills to where they're probably ready for some you know not a high degree of of competition but we can get them inter- introduced to some competition mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with going to practices and having fun and learning the skills right. i think what we tend to do is like i said we're we're competition heavy so we'll practice a few times even if they're new to the sport they may practice one or two weeks i've seen it and then they throw them into competition <laughs> and that's kind of a recipe for disaster right Right. Absolutely. Um, so, so give us a sense of how many coaches you have going through your coach education program every year and, and sort of your goals for, for that number each year for, you know, for the sort of immediate future. Right. Well, within our organization, we have currently uh, just over 25,000 coaches that, that uh, you know, are card-carrying members and are, are involved in, the, in, the, in our organization. So, the majority of those coaches are going through our coaches education program where we're talking about some of the things that we're talking about on this exact phone call mm-hmm. and um, understanding that there's there's roles for each and every one with you know the the athlete the parent the coach um, but uh, <laughs> a high proportion a large proportion of those 20 of that 25,000 uh, number that I just gave you are our moms dads i would say you know probably at least 98% of that figure are what we would classify as volunteer coaches yeah uh, obviously meaning that they it's it's not their day-to-day job right. they don't get they don't wake up and and their 9 to 5 job is is coaching that's not right. the case they have their job they're involved with their uh, son or daughter's club because maybe they had some experience in it or they're they're son or daughter's best friend got involved in the sport and now because of that connection you're you're getting involved in the sport so right. you know that's that's a large portion of our coach membership is is parents that's great um, I mean for them your education program is is so important so important so I'm I'm curious when you look back at your first few years of coaching um, what are some things that you know now that you wish you'd known then uh, well, hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously, and you always uh, there's no doubt that um, um, I, I feel I've progressed as a coach from the time that you know I got started in coaching uh, as a head coach at the collegiate level. Um, but um, you know, I had a uh, one of my mentors tell me one time um, that um, he said, "Cody, the day that you think you know everything about the sport of wrestling as a coach, it, it's." probably time for you to get out of it (laughs) because we can continue to learn um you know we ask once again we ask our kids to try to get better each and every day and improve themselves and i really do feel that that's known as upon us as coaches as well to um, continue to educate ourselves get better as as coaches and and know where our weaknesses are sometimes it that's the biggest thing we we um we, we fail to realize where we're weak or, or maybe where we could surround ourselves by some people that could help us in that area. And uh, that's what I always tell coaches. You know, you're going to have your strengths and you're going to have your weaknesses. But if you want to run a successful club or a successful program, understand what your weaknesses are and try to improve on them. And if if anything at all, surround yourself by people that can help you in those areas. That's great. Sort of keep learning. You know, as part of this Responsible Sports series, I had the opportunity to interview Doc Bennett. Um and he just, it was so amazing to me how he has just taken on, he just keeps learning and not just as a coach, but with technology and across different realms. And I just thought what a tremendous leader he is for USA Wrestling. Is he someone that you've worked with um, 
Doc Bennett is a great mentor for me. Once yep. again, he's another he's another one of those guys that um, individuals that when I'm thinking of ideas or trying to figure out what we can do to make things better, he's one of the first guys that I will pick up the phone and, and call. He has a lot of knowledge about the sport. He's in, been involved at the highest level, yeah. the Olympic level, yeah. the elite level. But not only that, he's been involved at the grassroots level. Yeah. So his his knowledge and the amount of years that he's been involved in the sport of wrestling and the way that he approaches things, to me, I would see it as a as a failure upon my part if I didn't reach out to an individual like that. And Absolutely. I think that's what we have to realize is that we need to continue to try to get better. We need to surround ourselves by people that um, have a good degree of knowledge in that in that sport. And, and um, you know, once again, it's it's one of those deals that we ask it of our kids. We should ask it as our, of ourselves as parents, as coaches as well. Yep, to keep to keep growing, keep learning. So I've just got two more questions for you. Um, one is, I know that besides coaching at the college level, you have also coached youth and high school. And I'm curious if looking at your own style or your approach, um, does it shift depending on if you're working with someone who's really new to the sport or, you know, or a, or a college level athlete? Well, it, the thing that's going to vary there is obviously the, the communication. Okay. Um, and now it, uh, when I say communication, is just understanding that, um, you know, what what kids expect from you and how you communicate what you want done. And um, not that it's going to be uh, harsher or anything like that as they get older. That's not what I'm referring to when I say communication. What I'm saying is that you have to understand the age um, of your audience. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand, you know, what what they can get accomplished in a certain amount of time, what yeah. their attention span is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can't have a group of, of six-year-olds come in and go through a, a two-hour practice compared to a, maybe a, a college uh, program, you know, when I was running college practices that, you know, you may have days like that um, that were pretty intense in, in communication and understanding. Uh, keep it fun for them at all levels, but uh, you have to understand the biggest thing is, the, as a coach, you have to understand the age level that you're talking to, yep. and they have to be able to comprehend and understand why they're doing the things that they're doing right now in their progression. Yeah, um, you know, and that that can that's a that's the biggest thing that it comes back to me is uh, just understanding and communication with your with your athletes and. and uh, and especially at a young age, the communication to the parents of those mm. young athletes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cody, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to share with me today and with all of our responsible sports listeners. I really feel like the tips and the stories really gave us a unique perspective, and they're really going to help a lot of the parents and the coaches and the student athletes that are out there listening. So thanks so much for taking this time today. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. To learn more about responsible sports, visit responsiblesports.com. You'll find valuable responsible sport parenting and responsible coaching guides, downloadable tools and worksheets, and helpful advice from leading youth sports experts. Music for this podcast has been generously provided by APM Music.